Coming up on podcast 1548, the end is nigh. Diesel sales fall off a cliff as buyers go EV. Stick around, and I'll tell you what I know. Also on the show today, China extends their tax exemption for EVs. A big investment into wireless charging, and how quickly do used EVs sell? Very quickly in these nine major areas. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you're listening in the world, it's EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information. Last one of the week, last one of the month, Sunday 31st of July. My name is Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story, so you don't have to. We'll start with the headline story today, and that is electric cars seeing massive support from UK industry and UK consumers as petrol and diesel production continues to slump. I found this in the UK's Express newspaper. Uh, The new data was bolstered by a 44% rise during the last month in June, resulting in a record output of zero-emission vehicles for the month. They're looking at, um, particularly here, uh, production of diesel and petrol cars. Now, the UK automotive industry isn't the biggest in the world, but obviously we've got companies like Jaguar Land Rover here. Uh, there's the big Toyota plant here. The, the Nissan Leaf is made here, for instance, in the northeast. The Express says, in comparison, output of petrol cars fell by 8%, while the production of diesel vehicles, the production of diesel vehicles was down 60%. Yeah, Six zero Significant investment into the UK's EV industry has already been made. More than £3.4 billion announced so far this year, although much of that private investment rather than government money. With the sale of new petrol and diesel vehicles banned from 2030 in the UK, five years ahead of the European Union, many are looking to invest in electric before then, cutting emissions and costs at the same time. Graham Conway is the MD of Select Car Leasing, uh, saying that the investment into electric vehicles is a bright spot for the the UK car sector. An increasing number of lease customers, he says, are making the jump to electric cars and electric vans, with many new players now coming to the market, particularly from China, he said, as Chinese manufacturers are getting more and more of a foothold on Britain's forecourts. I wonder what he means by Chinese makers getting a, f- a foothold on the forecourts. I mean, there's MG owned by SAAC, obviously Volvo and Polestar, owned by Geely. Um, uh, He obviously wasn't referencing the Chinese brands that are in Europe, Norway really at the minute, so the kind of Neos, Xpungs, BYDs of the world, but they will be coming to all markets and eventually, I suppose, right-hand drive when they build them with the steering wheel on the correct side of the car, may I add. It'd be interesting, actually, wouldn't it, to uh, be working at a leasing company because you'd literally get daily figures on different fuel types and powertrains that people are leasing from your company. And so when you look at the investment going into the UK, there's also an article out today in the Telegraph newspaper that's been shared widely online, and that is Toyota. Now, the UK government have given a 2030 date for winding down petrol and diesel and going electric. Toyota have a big plant in the UK, and they have reached what I call endgame. Toyota today telling the UK government if they don't backtrack on the 2030 ban, they will pull out of the country with a loss of jobs. Now, like that is the nuclear option. So when Toyota instruct the UK government not to go with 2030 or ultimatum of ultimatums will shutter our factory, what do you think that says? Well, it says to me a couple of things. Firstly, they got nothing left in the tank. they got no more negotiation. they got no more hoping to sell their, their mild hybrids. They've got to the stage of saying, if you stick to 2030, we will leave the UK. Well, OK, so there's an element of 
you could call Toyota's bluff and say, fine. There's, uh, as my friend Dominic from the Inside EVs podcast put it, they've had as long as every other car maker to invest in electric. It's not like it's a surprise, and now Toyota are going, hang on a minute, 2030, you say? Well, we can't make that, or we'll pull out of the UK. No, I did one retweet today of an article, uh, of a tweet, sorry, about this article that was pointed out, the kind of hypocrisy of Toyota. I haven't publicly commented today on it because I feel less and less need to, actually. I look at the incredible electric vehicles coming out from all the car makers, and I look at the amount of money Toyota are spending to hold back the tide. There's that, I guess I could use the story of King Canute and trying to hold back the tide. That's, that's, by the way, that's an often mistold story. He wasn't trying to hold back the tide. He was, if you know your history, uh, proving to those around him to hel- who held him in high regard that no man who is n- not a god can hold back the tide. And it kind of that story had been butchered over the years that he was trying to hold back the tide either way. I don't know where I'm going with that digression. But there's an element of that, of Toyota trying to stop the inevitable. And I'm less and less bothered about Toyota and their wild spending. Like, they they spend so much money on promoting the self-charging nonsense, uh, doing down EVs, doing down plug-in hybrids, doing down electric vehicles. And I've got to the point now of seeing all these amazing vehicles that that are out on the market that you and I have access to buy. And it's so clear that this change is happening even quicker than the most optimistic person could have predicted. And Toyota can either now get on board with it or they can continue to put their fingers in their ears to throw their toys out of their pram, to threaten to shutter factories and, and do damage to the UK government. We'll give you a good kicking. And that's fine. Toyota spend more than most in the US on lobbying their politicians to try and maintain the status quo and promote the use of combustion engines in their hybrid vehicles. I'm kind of... I know this might sound surprised. Maybe you're expecting me to have a go at Toyota. I'm pretty cool with that decision. Toyota can do whatever they want to anymore because Toyota are increasingly irrelevant. And what made me angry a couple of years ago, and it still does bug me how much they spend on doing down electric vehicles. You know what now? It's okay. If they want to not be a thing in 10 years' time, that's their business. They can't hold back the tide anymore. And it feels so good to say that. I also don't like them holding my government to ransom. So, in the politest possible way, don't let the door hit you on the backside on your way out, Toyota. Okay, let's talk a little bit about China extending tax exemptions for electric cars. China extending that purchase tax exemption on new energy vehicles. So that is electric vehicles and hydrogen cars, um, as part of the measures to boost domestic consumption. State media saying two days ago on Friday, following a cabinet meeting chaired by the Premier, new energy vehicles include uh, those cars that are capable of zero emissions. China is stepping up investment for economic recovery and urging local governments to speed up the use of special bonds to increase charging infrastructure, the media report of the meeting said. I'll put a link to Economic Times in the show notes. Whytricity is a company I've raved about in the past because they're the company behind wireless charging. Now, look, and I'll say this up front, getting out of your car, plugging in your vehicle is about a three-second thing. Like, it's not the most onerous of tasks. But somewhere, somehow, I'm sure wireless charging will work. Maybe not for your average home driver, but somewhere. Well, concerns of where they'll plug in an electric vehicle is an obstacle for some consumers who may not 
have the convenience of having a charger on the side of their wall. Whytricity is a global developer of, uh, developer of wireless charging technology, says Forbes.com, attracting millions in new investment from automotive suppliers and tech companies who agree with their vision of charging in the future. This week, they announced a global licensing agreement with a German company called Wiferian to use Whytricity's IP in their own wireless charging capabilities. Things like uh, robots, things like transport carts, those little things that whiz around Amazon warehouses, right? You don't want to stop and plug one of those in for 20 minutes because that's downtime. You want to charge on the go, right? Whytricity estimates that wireless charging increases factory uptime 32% by wireless charging their little robots. And while that deal is important, what I suppose is a bigger deal is a $25 million investment from Siemens, taking a minority stake in the company as well. I really like what Whytricity are doing, and maybe, I don't know, taxi drivers, anyone who doesn't want to constantly be getting out and in of their car to plug in and unplug a charger, maybe in a taxi rank while you're queuing up for your next customer. Wireless charging must, it just must have a use somewhere, but I don't know. If it, if it never happens, it never happens, but I'm really intrigued by it. EVs are the fastest-selling used cars in nine major metro areas, says SmartCitiesDive.com. As sales of new electric vehicles continue to grow around the world, and in the US, new data compiled by iccars.com show that EVs topped the list of the fastest-selling used cars last month in nine major metro regions. Last month in June, used electric vehicles sold faster than anything that burned fossils in Austin, Texas, Denver, Vegas, Miami, uh, Fort Lauderdale, Philadelphia, Phoenix, San Diego, San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose, California, and Tampa, Florida as well. Data on where new and used EV sales are strong can help cities determine where demand for charges will grow. That information could be useful as cities prepare to apply for funding under the $2.5 billion discretionary grant program for charging and fueling infrastructure. That's going to assist in deploying those public charges. The program will be formalized later this year, and battery electric vehicles accounting for now 5.6% of new vehicle sales in Q2 in the US. So it's got over that 5% mark. I don't think it'll be long before it's 10% in the US. It all depends on supply because the demand is there. A 280 billion act, which really wasn't talked about as much this week because of the the other big news uh, about those EV incentives hopefully coming back. It was called the Chips and Science Act. $280 billion passing through the US House and Senate this past week just gone. Investing in new semiconductor plants in the US. Intel, Samsung and others uh, relieving the microchip shortage in the long term as the US invests in semiconductors. Really, really good news right coming up on the podcast very soon. The BYD Seal starting sales in China and running a winery off a Nissan Leaf. It's true, and it's happening down under. Stick around, those stories are on the way. Now, I've mentioned the Inflation Act and how many stories are coming out of that. And one of the things, that, again, I just, in the initial few readings of that, something I'd missed, but electric bikes were really left off. Um, not my first thought, but a very important thought. Those that hoped uh, it would include tax credits or incentives for e-bikes, because they were included in the Build Back Better spending bill, which didn't pass last year. E-bike sales have been booming in the US without the help of incentives. But many bike advocates say, uh, with a few incentives, it would reach climate goals quicker. I've seen some research on that, which proves it as well. If you can reduce the amount of short journeys taken by vehicles and replace them with electric bikes, firstly, you reduce traffic, congestion, you make people more fit. 
often the journey time is the same because you're not parking your car and walking to the store, et cetera, et cetera. Just jump on the bike and go. The 4.28 billion high efficiency electric home rebate program uh, also as part of the news this week, helps those that want to go electric with their heating. And that is a brilliant bit of news that I also missed. An $8,000 rebate to put a heat pump in. Especially a heat pump that can heat and cool. I've got one here. I've got my air conditioning this time of year on full blast, although turned off for my recording sessions. Uh, But otherwise, it sits on 19 degrees. I love it. It's a heat pump AC. But in the winter... My goodness me, can it blow out some hot air. And it's really, really, really efficient compared to the the little standalone air conditioner that I have in my son's room just to bring the temperature down when it's crazy hot here. We don't have home air conditioning. But out here in the studio at the bottom of the garden, I do have air conditioning because we've got all the servers and stuff out here and the lights for the studio and the, and the YouTube show. It gets like 30 degrees out here. It bakes. So I had to put air conditioning in a couple of years ago. But we also have solar. It's fine. You know, it all runs. It's all green, but still... Um, heat pumps are just amazing technology. Uh, you can get a rebate if this if this act passes uh, of almost two thousand dollars for a heat pump water heater, eight hundred and forty dollars for offsetting the cost of heat pump clothes dryers, of which we've also got by the way, because in the winter you can't hang your clothes out outside here because it's wet six months of the year. Um, and we have a heat pump tumbly, and it's just it's so good. The clothes never get as hot. If you take them out when it finishes its cycle, the clothes almost feel cool, but they're somehow dry. I'm just used to a tumble dry baking your clothes. But honestly, heat pump tumble dry. Now it wasn't cheap. It was I don't know maybe three four hundred pounds, but. The old one was knackered, and, and we needed a new one, so we got the best we could we could get. And it's so efficient. Many homes will need their electric panels upgraded uh, for these appliances and for electric vehicles. And so this new program offering $4,000 rebate as well for the improvements to make homes more energy efficient and a $1,600 rebate to insulate and seal up houses. There's so much good news. And also the solar tax... Uh, credit the legislation would also bring that back it, there's a ton of really good stuff in here i'll pop a link to bloomberg in the show notes so you can read more the byd seal was announced back in may earlier this year and sales started this weekend in china it has a price of 31,000 us dollars equivalent 209,000 rmb and it's on the byd e platform sell to body technology it's going to be sold in australia as the byd atto 4 Rear-wheel drive or all-wheel drive, 150-kilowatt motor or 230-kilowatt motor if you want to go all-wheel drive. Um, sorry, 390 for the all-wheel drive. 3.8 seconds, 0 to 60. Uh, Celta-pack technology. So the, the battery pack has the passenger seats on top of it, a bit like how Tesla do it. And the battery pack forms the floor of the car that you are sitting on. Um, and so literally, Celta-body technology... Obviously, Tesla get a lot of credit. They're very famous for doing it um, with their new uh, Model Y, but BYD do it as well, um, and others. And it's just uh, a way of increasing rigidity of the vehicle and reducing the amount of stuff that's around the actual cells, uh, the amount of ancillary equipment that you need. Now, in Australia, a winery is using their Nissan Leaf to power themselves overnight. After a a two-and-a-half-year wait, locals are happy about having vehicle-to-grid and vehicle-to-home chargers installed in Australia. And this winery in South Australia is going to use their Nissan Leaf to power the business. They say that they charge the car during the day on lots of that Aussie sunshine that they have at 7 kilowatts an hour. Then at night time, they use their Nissan Leaf 40 kilowatt hour battery uh, to put energy back into the uh, the winery and the house that's next to it. 
They won't go completely off-grid, but mostly they use about 22 kilowatt-hours of energy overnight because, you know, it gets a bit hot there in Australia. And also, sometimes you've got to keep the home warm in winter. And you can use about 20 kilowatt-hours. This one family used 22 kilowatt-hours of energy just overnight. They installed the Wallbox DC Quasar, and that's the vehicle to grid. They say we have two fridges, two freezers, and hair dryers because I've got two girls, says the owner of this. Um, in the wintertime, even in the spring and autumn, when the aircon's not on uh, and they're not using the heating, they still use a lot of energy overnight. And so brilliant that an Australian winery is even powering themselves overnight when the sun isn't shining. Funny, that, isn't it? That batteries are the solution to back up renewables. Hey, let's talk two more stories. Firstly, uh, UCS, the Union of Concerned Scientists, just published a study that finds the total lifetime of emissions from EVs are 50% less than those from a comparable vehicle that burns things. Over the lifetime of the vehicle, from manufacturing to operation, of disposal and recycling, an average new EV makes 50% less global warming pollution than a combustion version of that comparable segment vehicle. Based on the most recently available data on power plant emissions, grids around the world, how gasoline is refined and made. Using the average United States grid, it's 50% better to drive an EV. They also looked at emissions that result from raw material extraction, coal mining, natural gas, delivering the fuels to the power plants, burning them to generate electricity to power your EV, even the losses that occur. They looked at everything, and it's still 50% less. They looked at making the batteries, about mining and raw materials. They looked at where gasoline and diesel emissions come from, oil extraction, transporting crude oil, refining crude oil into gasoline, delivering all that to gas stations, combusting it in an engine, which just generates heat and noise and a bit of movement. Everywhere in the United States, everywhere in the United States, driving an EV is on average 50% better and way better in some places that are more renewable powered. 90% 90% of people in the US live in regions where driving an average EV uh, is so much better uh, than a gasoline vehicle. And the average EV in the US produces global warming warming emissions equivalent to those emitting uh, by a gas car that would do 91 miles to the gallon. So if you can buy a, a petrol car that does 91 mpg, you go for your life. Otherwise, buy an EV. And finally, this is a funny story to end with. I love this. Kodak is always used as a, you know, uh, I talked about Toyota earlier. They might not even be around in the future because they're so tone deaf. But Kodak is always used as an example of, you know, like, oh, we haven't got Kodak anymore uh, because we had digital cameras. Turns out Kodak are just about still around. And this story made me laugh because they always kind of use like a Kodak moment, like when companies disappear. But... They are still around in some form, uh, the name Kodak at least. And some of their expensive high-tech machines, which was being used to make photography film, and obviously not anymore, turns out that rather than just throw those machines away, because they cost 70 or $80 million, these machines, they've worked out you can repurpose them. You can repurpose them from making photography film to making EV batteries. Engineers at Kodak discovered that so-called supercell batteries from a company called Wildcat that requires a similar coating and engineering service to making 35mm film could actually, with a little bit of retooling, mean these $80 million machines have a whole new life making EV batteries. According to a tour of the Kodak facility by a YouTube channel um, called Smarter Every Day, uh, that's what they are 
doing? And they're expanding into making EV batteries in the EV segment, not only for cars, but for home storage as well, that require similar coatings and chemicals as making film. Who would have thunked it? But I love that story. Question of the week is back very soon, taking a wee break for a while. But you can email me about anything, anytime. Hello at evnewsdaily.com is my email address. Thanks to our premium partners of the podcast, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Brad Crosby, Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley, check out his EV Review Island YouTube channel, and Richard at rsev.co.uk also got some brilliant videos up on YouTube. Octopus Electric Juice, they make public charging simple here in the UK with one card, one map and one app. So grab the card and never worry about charging again. And hi to the gang at millbrookcottages.co.uk because you deserve a trip to one of their amazing five-star luxury cottages in Devon. Get booked in online. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. And remember, there's no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.